Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Amen. Well, it's good to be here. We're passing out an outline for you as we continue this morning in our series on prayer. Shaken and stirred to pray, persistence in prayer is the title of the sermon this week. And and we're going to go into a, I'm going to keep this brief because we're going to have a time of testimony here a little bit. My brother Ed is going to come up and share. But this uh, series started really two years ago when we were shaken and stirred on August 24th. How many remember that date? Because of an earthquake. And, and my point when I first started three weeks ago is that sometimes we need to be shaken to be in a prayerful mode. But unfortunately... We, we, we shouldn't have to wait for that, right? We shouldn't have to wait until our world starts crumbling around us. We should be able to be in prayer constantly. What does the Bible say? Be in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Have an attitude of prayer. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But here's what I want to share again. Prayer is direct communication with God. It's having a conversation with God. Remember How many remember the little prayer outline I passed out two weeks ago, little acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, then supplication. That's how we approach our Lord. That's how we pray to our God. Amen. We adore him. We, we begin to tell him, um, and when, then we confess our sins, and then we thank him for the blessings he's given us, and then we bring our requests. Unfortunately, we switch it upside down. We immediately enter into the presence of Jehovah and we begin to tell him, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Let's not forget, the Lord is not a genie in a bottle. Amen? Amen. He's not a genie. He's not Santa Claus. He's Almighty God, the King of Kings. And he wants to answer those prayers. But he's also expecting you to come and approach his throne in a proper way. Remember, he's royalty. He's the king. You don't just walk into the presence of the king just like that, just because you're the child's king. You can pick up that hotline and begin to speak to him, but he wants you to approach him in a way that he's described in his word. Amen? So that's what this series has been about. And again, true prayer is what happens when our will is aligned with the will of our Father. See, there's, there's things called selfish prayers, and we all know what those are. Those are things that are for me, 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 me requests. It's all about me. But the bottom line is when it comes to prayer, is that prayer aligned with the will of God? Is it truly something that is going to help you grow, mature as a believer? Is it going to have an impact on your life in a positive way? If it's not, it's not lined up with the will of God. And God is not going to give you something that is in direct opposition to his word. God will never, ever give you your desire if it goes against the word of God. How many know that this morning? Amen. Amen? So don't, don't fall into the mistake, into the trap of praying for something that goes against his word. Amen. Um, Will you stand with me this morning as we read our scripture verse, our text for this morning? And it's found in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have your Bible or electronic device, we have it up on the screen and we have it on your outline. So let's, let me read this. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. 
Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, you make it so simple. Lord, we we really are compelled when we read these scriptures to just come knocking at that door. And Lord, you come and you, you come and you rush to that door to open it up for us when we come, when our will is aligned with your will. And Lord, I pray this morning that this brief or these next few brief moments that we would continue to have a deeper understanding of how it is and, and why we need to approach you in prayer every day. And not just when our world is shaken, not just when things are going um, terrible, when trials are headed our way, but Lord, every day. And so, Father, my prayer is that every one of us here would open our hearts to receive your word this morning. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for your anointing, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, God is good as you're seated this morning. Amen. I want to again remind you two things I've quoted the last few weeks. The great theologian John Wesley said the following, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant Reformation, said the following, I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Wow. Talk about a check right there. Talk about a check because how many of us live in a busy world? We all do, right? I don't care if you're retired. You are busy. And those are the demands, the pressures that the world puts on us. And if we're not careful, we neglect the things of God. We neglect prayer. So again, I love it because it helps me to check my spirit. These words that Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I think it's very important that we start off our day in prayer. Not wait until the evening, not wait until the afternoon or when you get home from work or or when you have a moment. You have to make the time for prayer. How many know that? You have to make the time. And just like that video clip we saw of the war room, how many have a prayer closet or some place that they go to on a regular basis? Raise your hand if that's you. You have a regular place that you can pray. That's important because prayer is, is a habit. It's a good habit to have, and habits are developed over time. And it's a great thing when you have a good place, a consistent place to go to. Amen? So let's remember to do that every morning. Spend time in prayer. Now, all of us have at some time have been compelled or stirred to pray for others. Maybe you were some of the ones that were praying for Brother Ed. There's other needs in here today of people that you can be praying for. But here, here's, the, here's the great thing. I want to read a, few, a couple of scriptures to you. They're not on your outline. Found in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, says the following, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Amen. Let that sink in right now, just for a second. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. See, you have to believe that God is going to answer that prayer. Not only is he going to answer it, that he's already answered it. 
Because how many know that on the cross, he already provided healing for you? He already provided a financial solution, a relational uh, conflict. He's already healed that for you. He's done that. It's up to you to believe, to believe and receive it. Amen? I, I can't give you a gift unless you come up here and receive it. You have to receive it. And in much the same way, prayer is, is exactly that. We need to receive that gift. Another scripture found in the book of James, chapter 5 and verse, 7, verse 16. One of my favorite verses says the following. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And listen to this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You see, it's, it's when your will is lined up with the will of God that the Lord says, yes, son, yes, daughter, how can I answer your prayer? What do you need today? I'm, I'm wanting so much to bless you. But it starts with our will being lined up with his. And it starts with prayer. Just like Martin Luther would start his day with three hours of prayer. We need to start our day. Is my will lined up with the will of the Father? And when it is, then and only then can answered prayer begin to happen in your life. How many have experienced that today? Amen? Amen. Amen. But here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Many of us have said the following. Yeah, Pastor Rick, I've been praying. I have prayed. I've prayed for a long time, but God hasn't answered my prayer yet. I've prayed for my children. I've prayed for my relatives. I've prayed for my husband, my, my wife, and God has not answered my prayer. But maybe, here's the thing, maybe you have to ask yourself, maybe he's answering it in a different way. Typically, the way the Lord answers is, is yes, no, or, or hold on. Just wait. Wait. Maybe he's working something in your spirit. Have you ever thought of that? Because here's one of the great things I know is that as we persist in prayer, we grow in character, we grow in faith, and we grow in love. How many know that this morning? God allows you to go through something because he's growing you. He's maturing you. My brother Ed may be, may be a young man at the age of whatever he is still, but God's not done with him yet. God's still growing, growing him. He's still growing every one of you here today. He's not done with you. He's what I refer, you're each and I am, as I refer to as a whip, a work in progress. That's a term we use at work. A whip, a work in progress. All of us are that. God is not done with any of you. Amen? If every prayer I prayed was answered, can you imagine what, what I would be doing, what you would be doing? If every prayer was answered, I'd constantly be going, Lord, I pray for my brother Wayne. I pray for Irene. I pray for my sister Irene, for, for sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. And I'd be constantly doing that 24-7, 365, if every single prayer was answered. How many would desire to have that, that you would just pray and it would happen like that? You know, not even, not even the apostles experienced that. Although they experienced many supernatural things, there were times when they would go to Jesus and say, how come we can't heal this person? Or how come this? Or how come that? But the Lord always was doing something for his glory, right? He was working on them 
Just like he's working on you today. Amen? Sometimes my prayers aren't answered. Sometimes your prayers aren't answered. But that doesn't mean you need to stop, church. It means you just need to get that, that sledgehammer and boom, keep chipping away. Keep chipping away. And you keep hitting that stone. And you keep going at it. You keep going at it. The Lord doesn't want you to stop because he didn't answer your prayer the first time. That's the problem with our church today, is they're not persistent enough. I was listening to a sermon online um, from this pastor, and he said this, the following thing. He goes, have any of you ever prayed for 40 straight days, persistent in prayer? And I thought to myself, wow, that's, that's a thought there, because I know we've all prayed you know, for, for a day or a days or a week, maybe two weeks, Maybe three weeks, you know, fasting as well. But 40 straight days, a fervent prayer. Have you ever done that? That's a challenge I'm throwing out to you. Next time you have an issue, pray for that. Fervently, fervently, rabidly, rabidly. Do that. And, and so that got me to thinking that's what we need to be doing. That's what the church needs to be doing is praying fervently for each other. Amen. Amen? Sometimes you have to just keep on keeping on. Amen? Even when you don't see the answer. Sometimes you just have to keep on keeping on. And there's no, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but there's no better person than this couple here on keeping on keeping on. And I'm talking about Ed and Betty uh, Miller this morning. They know how to keep on keeping on. In, in the middle of crisis, in the middle of challenges. And maybe you're here today facing a challenge. I'm here to tell you today, keep on keeping on. Amen. Keep on keeping on. Keep on being persistent, persistent in prayer. In other words, keep on asking, continue to seek God in prayer. Keep on knocking until God's answer comes to you. Amen? Yeah. See, if persistent prayer didn't honor the Lord, he never would have taught his disciples that. He never would have taught him that. You know, I, I go back to when I first got saved. In, in the, uh, I was the first person in my family that got saved. And, and then um, I prayed, and then that same year, my mom got saved. And then that same year, my sister Yolanda got saved. And then I think the following year, it was that my sister Irene got saved. And then my brother, 10 years later, he was the hard nut to crack. He got saved. And he's still a hard nut to crack, but that's a whole different subject. God answers specific prayer. Uh, I've shared with you as well that at that time when I, when I became a believer and, and then I started living this life of Christ, I, I have these two younger kids at that time, my son and then my daughter Elizabeth. And, and then uh, I'm also praying. I, I had a, a plan, you know, and God just laughs at our plans. How many know that? God just laughs at our plans. But my plan was, Lord, give me a, a home, a house that I can buy. Then I want, a, then I want a, a wife about yay high and about, and I described Anna. I described Anna when I prayed. I prayed specifically, and I met her October 10th, um, 1993, but who's counting? And we went on our first date October 13th of 1993, and we had a great time. Because that was an answer to prayer. But before that, before I met her, I prayed for, a, uh, at that time, a, a two-bedroom house, yellow, with white trim, and, and a white picket fence. I prayed for that. And what did God give me? 
a two-bedroom house, yellow with white trim and a white picket fence. I just thought a white picket fence would look so beautiful. Never had a white picket fence. And, I, and God gave me that house because I prayed specifically and I prayed persistently. Amen? That's what the Lord wants from each of you, to pray. Pray persistently. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on. Bless you. You know, sometimes I, I'm a boxing fan. How many are boxing fans out there? Sometimes you see the beatings that fighters take, and they're getting hit, and they may even, may even get knocked down. But the thing is, they pick themselves back up, get off that canvas, and then they go back, and they knock the other guy out because they were persistent. It would have been really easy to stay down there on that mat, on the canvas, and just say, ah, oh, forget it. I'm just going to take my paycheck and go home and, and, because this guy is putting a wailing on me right now. But no, they, they stood up. And they were persistent. And I, 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 there's many fights I've seen like that. You have seen those as well. It's an example to us that we need to be persistent. Amen? Amen? Persistent prayer is the surest way to be in the will of God this morning. And as we persist in, fr in prayer, as I mentioned earlier, we will grow in character, we will grow in faith, and we will grow in hope. Amen? Amen. Let me read a, a few scriptures to you that you have on your outline this morning. Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 says the following. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Amen. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Don't give up. Don't give up when those doors are still closed. Don't give up. And those knees are still battling you. They're providing a problem. Don't give up. God, God's just showing up right now. He's just wanting to touch you. He's wanting to bring healing to you. Don't give up. God wants you to be persistent. He told his disciples that they should always pray and not give up. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Casting all your care upon him. For why? For he cares for you. He cares for you. What is it that you're going through this morning? What hurt are you going through this morning? What challenge are you facing this morning? The Lord wants to tell you this, that He cares for you today. He loves you. He cares for you. He doesn't want you to suffer. He doesn't want you to go through a life of loneliness, of despair, of, of uh, broken relationships, whatever it may be. He cares for you. Amen? And He's here to remind you that this morning. And I, and I got to quote this, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord to wait. Amen? Isaiah 40.31 is really teaching us how to be persistent in prayer. It's really saying, hold on, hold on. He's just coming. He's coming. He's coming around that, that mountain. He's coming around the block. He's coming. He's coming. Hold on. Hold on to that faith. Hold on to that word that God has given you. Has anybody ever here received the word that God gave you? In, in the middle of your challenge, in the middle of your trial, hold on to that word. God's faithful. Amen? Amen? God is faithful. Yes, he is. 
Here, and I'm going to close here real soon here. The Lord's challenge to you this morning is number one, be committed to prayer. Be committed. I said at the outset, pray in the morning. Set, set that time right now. Just make it up in your mind that you're going to go forward and pray first thing in the morning. I know we're, we live in a busy world. Those that have families, that have kids, tomorrow there's school, there's lunches, there's, there's, there's programs, there's things to take care of. You have a job, and, and the world tries to keep you busy, busy to neglect the things of God. Won't you do yourself a favor and tomorrow make the time to pray to God? Amen? Be committed to prayer. Jesus tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the word says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Well, how can I pray without ceasing, Pastor Rick? What does that mean? i got to be going, Heavenly Father, I, I praise you, I worship you. No, 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 that's not what it's saying there. What it's saying is, be constantly in the thought of prayer. You're driving home right now from church. You see that homeless guy. If you can't help him, Lord, cover his needs today. Lord, bring him favor. Give him a job. Lord, heal him. Be in constant prayer. You're driving around. You see somebody arguing. You go to Walmart. That's where it's going to, you're going to see it. You see some parent yelling at their kid, right? Lord, help that family. Because the last thing you want to do is intervene in a family situation like that, right? You say, Lord, bring, bring peace to that, to that parent right now. Being in a constant mode of prayer, that's what praying without ceasing means. That means you see the need, you pray for it. You don't ignore it. You don't just keep going. You pray for it. You may not need to go right up to that person and and say, I'm praying for you, but just say a prayer for them. Amen? Pray without ceasing. Or, excuse me, pray without ceasing. That is how you're committed to prayer. It's having an attitude and being in an atmosphere of prayer constantly. And you can do that at work. I don't care what you do. If you're in construction, you should be an attitude of prayer and that atmosphere even more than others because you're exposed to a lot of other things that maybe others aren't, like such as foul language and, and a bunch of other issues. And so even more reason to be in an attitude of prayer. Amen? Put on Kayla. Put on a Put on a, a CD of praise, of worship. Uh, put on a sermon, soundcloud.com, Pastor Rick, and you'll hear all the sermons. It's very easy to do that. And then secondly, be consistent in prayer. There's nothing worse than just starting off and then just flaming out. Starting off and flaming It reminds me of bottle rockets, you know, launching them on 4th of July. You see them shoot up and they look great, and all of a sudden they just fizzle out. Don't fizzle out. Be consistent in prayer. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says this. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, everybody say in due season. season. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Again, a reminder that the Lord wants to pour out favor and blessing in your life. But he's growing you. It's a process. Amen. The phrase means to, to lose heart, to become slothful, to grow weary. The, the phrase, not to faint. That's what it means. The opposite of that is just be consistent. Hang in there. As I mentioned earlier, keep on keeping on. Amen? Keep on keeping on. Sometimes it's not easy. But I, I tell you what, if you do something, they say between 7 to 20 times, you develop a habit. I guarantee you tomorrow, if you start praying at, at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whenever it is that's convenient for you, 
let me take that back. Not convenient, but when you should pray, because six o'clock prayer sometimes is not convenient, but it's what you should do. Amen? So if you begin to do that at six o'clock every morning and do it going forward, by the 20th time, it will become an ingrained habit. Guess what we get used to over here? See that wonderful food we enjoy? Amen. We get used to seeing that. And when that food's not there, we're going like, what happened? What happened? Where's Wayne and Irene? No, just kidding. But other people here bless us in this, in this congregation. But habits, good habits, are good to develop. Amen? And then finally, the third point is be comforted by prayer. Listen to what John 15 and verse 7 says. Jesus speaking here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. It shall be done for you. Amen? If you abide in me. You hear that? If you abide in Jesus. If you abide in Jesus. My word and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire. What is your heart's desire? I mean, that's your father right there. The song said this morning, he's a good, good father. Because he wants to give you your heart's desire if you abide in him. And when you abide in him, it shall be done for you. What a beautiful promise. And that's a beautiful promise this morning that Brother Ed is going to share of how it's come to fruition in his life. And so I want to get him up here right now and... uh, Why don't you give him a big hand as he comes forward this morning. Amen. Here you go, brother. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Am I on? You are on. Oh, okay. Good morning once again. Good Good to see you and good to be seen. Amen. I brought the wheelchair. I'm going to pack it up in Pastor Rick's truck. Turn it in. I don't need it anymore. Let me let me read let me read you a letter. This is from my doctor. I call it a nasty gram. It's dated January 20th, 2016. Dear Mr. Miller, your recent CT scan did the following findings: pulmonary nodules, hepatic hypodensity, subcentimeter hypodense splenic lesions, renal lesions, aortic artillery sclerosis, prostate enlargement, diverticulitis. And that's, that's not fun to get, but I'm like Paul. I said, none of these things move me. Big deal. But hey, I'm starting in the middle of the program. Let me start from the beginning. Yes. It all started when I was about six, seven, or eight on going to Sunday school. Back in the old days, used to go to Sunday school every Sunday morning. Yes. And so I went to Sunday school and I remember two things that my Sunday school teacher taught me. Honor your father and your mother Amen. and your days will be long yes. upon, the, upon the earth. Yes. I remember yes. that. I remember her saying that several times over a period of time. And the other thing that I remember is Christmas is just around the corner. <laughs> so at seven years old, I... I went home and said, Mama, can we go around the corner? <laughs> what for? Christmas is there. <laughs> I remember that. You know, that honor your father and your mother, that stuck with me. That was God's promise to me. 
And I believe in God's promises. There's many promises that He has given us. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you. So the thing started, I don't know, about six or seven years ago. Went to the doctor and over a period of time, talk about your prostate is getting bigger and bigger. And then it got to a point, the doctor said, well, you've got to take some action. And the doctor said, one thing you do is have surgery. And I, I have, I'm very visual. And I could just see her taking out that knife and cutting out my prostate. No, you're not going to do it. <laughs> or we could zap you. We could do that way. So I don't know, I saw her about three or four times, and and each time I I would tell her, you know, God is going to do this, you know, I believe that God is going to heal me. And then the last time, I guess I just plain disgusted her and said, well, Mr. Miller, since you're not going to do anything, no need of seeing one another. I say, that's cool, that's all right, doctor. So I went on about my business, went on home, and then eventually my own doctor called me in and talked about the prostate cancer and Mr. Miller, since you don't want to have any treatment, you know, we'll just make it easy for you. I'll take care of you. And I believed him. And so anyway, to make a long story short, the prostate got bigger and bigger until I got this nasty gram from the doctor. But all this time, I knew God was going to heal me. There was no doubt in my mind. I didn't cry. You know, at times I tear up now because I think about the goodness of God. That's when I tear up. I'm not a crybaby. And you cry, that's cool if you want to cry, but I'm not a crybaby. But I think about the goodness of God and what He'll do in my life and in your life. And and so, uh, over a period of time, things got worse. and, And I begin to have pains. Pain, pain. So, and I couldn't walk. It got so bad I couldn't walk around the corner 75 yards to the mailbox. I'd have to sneak out at night with my cane. Hopefully the neighbors wouldn't see me if I had to grab onto something or whatever. And so it was things like that. You know, we went to the movies a few weeks ago with Wayne and Irene, and I, I had to bone up for that. That meant take some sleeping pills, get in bed at 8 o'clock, and get up the next morning about 9 o'clock in order, in order to do it. And then I had to walk into the theater and maybe sit down for a minute and then take the next seat or whatever. And all the time just walking along trying to be cool, not knowing that, hey, you know, you're in bad shape. But I had trust in God. Yes. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Yes. Lean not into your yes. own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. Right. He should direct your path. And yes. in the middle of the night, you know, I'd have half pain. And, and I depended so much for Betty to pray for me. And she would see me and she would pray for me. And she had mercy upon me when I didn't feel like doing the dishes. Couldn't even wash the dishes. She didn't say anything. I couldn't vacuum the floor. She didn't say anything. But she was always there and she prayed for me. And I'd be downstairs because I haven't slept in the bed for months. I, I went up about a, a week ago and went in the bedroom and said, oh, this is what it looks like. Because I forgot what it was. I was sleeping in a chair I was all the time between a couch and a chair. But I just knew that God was going to heal me. The pain got worse and worse. And going around and then I remember all of this stuff and then I just remembered that God was going to heal me because he promised yes. his word is true yes. he said 
He will never leave you or forsake you. And at night the old songs used to come to me. And I would hum them and sing them. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. By Jesus shedding his blood, I declared healing. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I sing those old songs from, seem like a thousand years ago. And and sing the new songs. And the presence of the Lord would come. And that pain would say, I'm going to get you. And said, no, you're not. So anyway, we wound up going to the doctor. And it came to a place where the doctor said, and he didn't mean to say it, but he needed to say it. He said, Mr. Miller, when the time comes, I'll sign off on oxygen. And I said, no, Lord, no further than this. I don't want oxygen. I see myself going around with that little oxygen bottle, looking pitiful and pathetic. And I can't, I can't handle that, Lord. You've got to heal me now. And then later on, we went in, and a doctor I was going through this stuff and Betty said to the doctor, is there treatment? And the doctor sort of bowed his head and couldn't look her in the eye and I had to intervene. And and the doctor said, Mr. Miller, the cat is out the bag. I know what that meant. It says, you've gone too far. And I said, Betty, I just believe God. It's going to be all right. You know, the cat is, if I, if I was going to, if I was going to take treatment, I should have done it at least two years ago. The cat is out the bag. The doctor is basically telling me, you're going to die. And just prepare for it. I don't know how long it's going to be, but you're going to die. But that didn't bother me when he told me that, because I had faith in God. And I'm no superhuman or whatever. But you could have the same faith when you know God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And I hid that word in my heart. You know, God is not through with me yet. I spent four years studying theology. And I thought I was going to be a missionary and go to Africa, a medical missionary. I had a scholarship to become an RN and go to England. But the Lord didn't do that. He didn't call me to minister. But I've always been busy. But you know what? As sure as I'm, I'm not going to say it, as sure as I'm alive, as <laughs> sure as I'm black, the Lord isn't finished with me yet. No. He's just started. There's something within me. Yes. And I have to explain it to people. Like the pastor was preaching, these are the last days. And I could enumerate all the reasons why. And you may not know them. And that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to pray for you. And help you to pray through. And to be your friend and your advocate. That's my responsibility. My responsibility is to be there for the pastor. The other day. Everybody's been praying. And thank you so much for your prayers. I'm going to close now. My sister-in-law said. Well can I come by and pray? And I said sure. You know, God believed in people would pray, and my brother Marvin that has the gift to pray for people. Yes. And I would say, I would say, is today the day that God is going to heal me? And my cousin would pray for me over the telephone. Is this the day, Lord? Pastor would pray, is this the day, Lord? And then she was going to come by.
I said, Lord, is this the day? She came in like a house of fire. She came in, didn't really greet anybody. The Lord told her, just go in and, and pray. And she came in, and what she did is I sat down and I began to worship the Lord and pray. And she behind me, I don't know how long, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, she was praying. And finally she came around, she put the prayer shawl over me. The prayer shawl just simply reminds you of all God's promises. And I sing the little song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I'm standing on his word divine, every promise in the book is mine. 600 and something promises is represented by this. So she put the prayer shawl over me and then took the, the word and told Betty to put the word of God on my stomach. And then she began to pray and worship the Lord. And it got to a point, I said, I know I'm healed. I know that I'm healed. And she looked at me and said, you're healed. I said, you got that right. And so after she got to praying, I was worshiping the Lord. She said, Brother Ed, do something you haven't done before. I said, I know what I'll do. I could go out and cut cut the hedge so the neighbors won't be upset. Then I said to myself, self, that's too much work. I'll go up on the ladder and trim this back. No, if I go up on the ladder, Betty will think I'll fall down and go boom. That's what my mama would say when I was a child. I know what I'll do. I'll get my old dirty tennis shoes and I'll run around the block. So I put on my old dirty tennis shoes. I snuck out the back door. And remember, I haven't been walking or anything. And she was on her way to put everything in the car. I said, I'm going to jog around the block. She said, take it easy, Brother Ed. And I jogged down the end of the block and jogged down to the other end, jogged up the hill, came around. Betty was lifting her hands, praising the Lord. I knew that I was healed, and I know that I'm healed now. I'm still a little weak because it's been over a year since I've done anything. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm walking a half mile, and then I'm worn out. My body said, Ed, go little by little, poco a poco. Don't do it all at one time. So that's what I have to do, gradually ease back, back into that. But sure as I'm alive, I'm healed, and I know that I'm healed. And I'm looking forward to the time that I could go back and say, Doctor, I need my prostate Measure it again. I need you to look at my lungs. I need you to look inside there so that he will know. Because I I told him many a time, God is going to do it. And you know, God will do the same thing for you. If there's a problem, if there's healing in your life, God will do the same thing for you. If there's a problem in your life, I know I... I went through a traumatic experience and I was doing some things I shouldn't do. And all I can say is, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I get into the situation, Lord, help me. Because I didn't want to be lost. And I would go through the sickness and I'd say, Lord, help me. And he helped me. Because greater is Jesus that is in me than he that is in the world. I thank God for his healing. I just want to tell you that he'll do the same thing for you. Because he loves you. And he'll keep you. So, Pastor, would you come up? I'm going to ask the pastor if anyone would like to have prayer, we'll pray for you.
it not isn't necessarily the pastor. It isn't necessarily the evangelist that pray for me. It could be anyone Amen. that could pray. The prayer of the righteous means so much. The other scripture says, don't stop praying. Don't give up. I tell you, when that pain hit me, uh, it, it was no joke. And I hate pain pills and what they do to you. And, and uh, You know, I haven't been taking medicine at all. But I know one thing, that God heals. God heals. The same Jesus that healed the blind, the sick, those that were crippled or whatever, that same Jesus walks the earth today. Yes, yes, he does. It's no difference. He still heals. 